Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Earlier today, I ran out of time in the program that I recorded. And so I am now recording another. It's a quarter till 11 Eastern time. There undoubtedly are some results that have come in, some contests that have been called in the Democratic primaries here on Super Tuesday. I have not been online. I haven't seen any goings-on as fascinating as they must be. I just haven't. But there were a number of things I really wanted to say concerning these primaries that I did not find the time to touch on. So, one thing, I may have left the impression when I spoke of Joe Biden being in a position of now front-runner, presumed front-runner, in the southern states, based on the latest polling and what have you, having pulled ahead of Sanders or gone significantly ahead of Sanders, and that owing to the strength of his resounding victory in South Carolina and also efforts by key supporters of his, such as famous South Carolina elder Congressman Jim Clyburn acting as a surrogate for Joe in North Carolina and elsewhere, and also via radio advertisements and so forth. I undoubtedly gave the impression that, well, that Joe Biden is front-runner in those states, and he's going to win those states. And I do believe that that is what will transpire in Virginia, North Carolina, Alabama, Tennessee, Arkansas, and so forth, Oklahoma, and possibly in Texas. And then whatever other states there in the South are having contests and that I failed to mention that I will touch on here. But none of the states have winner-take-all. None. So let's just say, as an example, for illustrative purposes, let's say that in North Carolina, that Joe Biden secures... 55% of the vote. No, make it 60%, just just for fun. Let's say Joe Biden secures 60% of the vote, Bernie Sanders 30%, and Liz Warren 9%, and Mikey Bloomberg 1%. Mikey and, and the rest, 1%. The delegates are divvied up proportionally for those candidates that meet and or exceed a 15% threshold. And that is for statewide, but also, at least in California, it is both a statewide threshold and then there is also a 15% threshold by districts. And so if a candidate such as Pete Buttigieg, who left the race, as he managed to do, even though he missed the 15%, he fell short of the 15% overall threshold for a state, he was able to meet and or exceed the 15% threshold for individual districts here and there, And so he was able to receive delegates. Well, that is the case in every state. There are differences, but this 
threshold, 15% threshold, holds true in every state. No winner-take-all states. Proportional assignment of delegates. And for those candidates who fall below 15% statewide and and in districts, 14% and so forth, they're out of luck. They receive nothing, and the percentage is thrown back into the kitty, if you will, or, or removed altogether and reapportioned as far as the percentages to come up with the 100% figure. So even if, even if Joe Biden enjoys great success, great victory over Bernie Sanders in these stronghold southern states that have heavy black or African-American demographics. Heavy percentages of black African-American voters in the Democrat primaries, even if Joe enjoys great success in those states, Bernie will still be receiving delegates. And therefore, the amount of gap that Joe will be able to put on Bernie will be limited by that. None of these states have the sheer volume of delegates that the golden sanctuary state of California does. In fact, Texas is only about half, amazingly enough, only about half that of California, despite having the massive Dallas-Fort Worth metropolitan area, greater metropolitan area, the massive Houston, greater Houston metropolitan area, other major metropolitan centers such as San Antonio and Austin and what have you. But Texas has, like California, a massive proportion of Mexican citizens <laughs> as well as illegal presence and green card holders and what have you. Now, whether there will be voter fraud permitting those other than citizens to be voting, well, <laughs> it's hard to imagine that anything like that could happen. Rest assured, that will happen. And suffice to say that chances are extremely high that Bernie Alinsky Sanders, Bernie Marxist Sanders, will be the recipient of virtually every vote from illegal, sanctuary-seeking aliens. But California, I mentioned, does not bode well for Joe Biden. Why is that? Because, as I mentioned about the, the makeup of the population, I was born in the great state of California. <laughs> and when I was born, long ago, the proportion of black citizens to white, of African American to Caucasian, was much higher than it is now. Why is that? Has the black population, the African-American population dwindled? No. But instead, there's been this massive infusion of Mexican peoples. Latino, Hispanic, those terms are frankly bogus. The overwhelming majority of the people that have come into California from below the border have been Mexican. 
Yes, some have come from Central America. Some have come from the northernmost part of South America. Some have come from the Caribbean. But the overwhelming majority of those that are termed Latino or Hispanic in the state of California, in the state of Nevada, in the state of Arizona, state of New Mexico, state of Texas, are Mexican. As compared to those who are identified as being Hispanic or Latino in Florida and in New York and New Jersey and so forth. They make up 31% of eligible voters. That's not counting illegal aliens. So where I was living last in California, in Southern California, Mexicans, Mexican-Americans and other Mexicans comprised more than 80% of the population. And these figures that are supposedly correct, I'm sure they are not right, <laughs> right on the nose, but supposedly 31% of eligible voters in California are Mexican American, Latino, Hispanic. 15%. So just less than half of the number of Mexican and Hispanic, Latino, 15% are termed Asian American, which again is bogus because this is not including Indian Indian people and so forth. This is speaking specifically of Oriental Asian American. So Korean, Japanese, Chinese, whether from mainland or from Taiwan, Formosa, Filipino, Vietnamese, Laotian, Cambodian, and so forth. Thai, 15%. And then at approximately one half of that number are the black or African-American. Voters eligible to vote in this. 7%. 7%. Now, if you happen to go to Oakland, California, or Berkeley, California, or parts of Southern California, and so forth, you will, Richmond, California, up in the San Francisco Bay Area again, you will find that 7% is ridiculous. Make it 70%. But it is much closer. But Joe Biden's sweet spot, black voters, African-American voters, that turned out in such voluminous numbers for him in South Carolina and undoubtedly absolutely are doing the same today, Super Tuesday, In North Carolina and Virginia and Alabama and Arkansas and Tennessee and Texas and so forth. Those numbers relative to the other numbers just aren't there in California. Amazingly. Because it was a very different story some decades ago. And meanwhile, Bernie Sanders cleans it up with regard to Mexican, Latino, Hispanic voters. In Nevada, he received 51% of the vote. Ridiculous. But, again, especially among those who are here illegally and welcomed with open arms in the Golden Sanctuary State and afforded special privileges that are not available to citizens. Isn't that a beautiful thing? So Mexican citizens do not receive, Mexican-American citizens do not receive the same benefits that Mexican alien, illegal aliens receive. It is the most bizarre, obscene excuse of governance. And it is all courtesy of the Democrat Party. So whichever Democrat candidate should be voted for, 
Every single one of them is a party to this monstrosity. But the overwhelming majority, if not all, if not universal, of illegal aliens will be voting for Bernie Sanders if they are afforded the opportunity. Why is that? Because Bernie Sanders is absolutely, avowedly committed to promising to redistribute the wealth, to take from the citizens and give to the non-citizens, to give them universal health care, and to give them free college education, free university education. And the list goes on and on and on. And that is an irresistible bribe. Nothing other than that. It is an out-and-out bribe. It is pandering in the most extreme form of pandering. It is demagoguery of the most shameful, disgraceful form of demagoguery. And I am disappointed that celebrities the likes of Dick Van Dyke are enamored with that. (laughs) A man of his years and supposed wisdom with all of those years, you know, as an elder citizen and enamored with supporter of Bernie Marxist Sanders. But so California, because of that dynamic, does not bode well for Joe. Furthermore, the 15% that are Oriental Asian Americans, typically more highly educated than any other group in the United States of America, with the exception of the Jewish population, secular Jews, so forth, and possibly Indian Indians population. Extremely highly educated as a rule, a great deal of graduate school graduates and what have you. And I do not know. I do not know where they (laughs) come down with regard to the candidates. But I would be surprised if they are heavily supporting Bernie Sanders. I doubt it. I think more likely you will find them supporting the likes of Joe Biden, Liz Warren, and Michael Bloomberg. I don't know that. I don't have any data to tell me that, but I suspect that that is true. And then again, the 7% African-American whom I would imagine would be voting more heavily for Joe Biden than otherwise. So then we come to the Caucasian and or near Caucasian, whatever, voters among the Democrat Party, which constitute, along with some other mixtures, constitute 47% or less of the Democrat electorate because the Mexican, Hispanic, Latino constituency at 31%, the Oriental Asian Americans at 15%, the black African American at 7%, that comes to 53%. So, (laughs) 47%. Bernie Sanders only managed to garner one quarter of those voters in Nevada. Only one quarter. Only approximately 25%. So that is going to be an area that Joe Biden must be not just competitive in, but exceed Bernie Sanders. Meanwhile, Liz Warren has been campaigning heavily there and a lot of advertising, but nobody, 
has been campaigning to the extent that Mikey Bloomberg has. Michael Bloomberg has got the largest number of troops on the ground. He has the largest ground game of any candidate in California, numbering 300 people. Bernie Sanders' group is supposedly only numbering 105 or so. And Liz Warren is below 50. And Joe Biden won't say. (laughs) So, but Bloomberg claims 300. Almost three times as many operatives on the ground as Bernie Sanders states that he has. Amazing. And furthermore, Mikey Bloomberg, at last count, had spent more than $36 million on major media buys, on mass advertising in the extremely pricey, expensive California media market, particularly so for San Francisco and Los Angeles, for those greater metropolitan areas. But then all of the others, San Diego, Sacramento, San Jose, and so forth. Extremely expensive media market. And Michael Bloomberg, he's able to just write a check. You know, when you've got approximately $70 billion to play with, (laughs) throwing around $36 million is chump change, frankly. So, and again, Michael Bloomberg, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have his famous words in front of me, but he said something to the effect of, I'm not trying to help Sanders. I'm trying to help myself. I'm trying to, you know, do this for myself. Indeed, self-interest, vanity is driving this. But in case you think, well, spending $36 million of your own money, that is so, what is that? Charitable or something? No, no, no. He's investing that in himself. Mikey Bloomberg, the reason that he ran for mayor and managed to become mayor in New York City, it didn't hurt being Jewish. And with the very large number of Jews in New York City, as far as among Democrat voters, something like, I heard it was something like 10%, but or 11%. Whether that is accurate at this time, I don't know. But three-time mayor, why would he do such a thing? Is he just so public-spirited? No, power-happy. People that have vast amounts of money, they use it. You know, they want to play with it. They want to buy a lot of things. You see this in the case of so many. Well, Michael Bloomberg and some others, for them there is nothing as desirable as power, fame, and power. It's intoxicating. So he's got all the riches, and then he wants to have control. And he is, pardon the expression, a control freak, but... Other terms that are used are megalomaniac and that sort of thing. But in any case, just one of the really, you know, stellar individuals in this race. But before I go any further, let me just say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is after all is said and done. And whatever is right and true and good in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is lacking, erring, deficient, that is on me. That is due to me. That is my fault. Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, when He walked on this earth, He referred to some among the Jewish hierarchy 
who called themselves Jews, but whom Jesus said were the synagogue of Satan. As far as I'm concerned, (laughs) that is Michael Bloomberg in a nutshell. But Mikey, with 24 offices throughout California, particularly in the districts that he is focused especially on. And more than 300 staff. Bernie Sanders, only one less office, 23. And again, 105 staffers. So again, virtually three times as many staffers for Bloomberg as for Sanders. Absolutely amazing. But, Now, with regard to California, a couple other things that are against Joe Biden, that don't bode well for Joe Biden. The majority of Californians vote by mail. Okay, so what? What that means is this, that a great number of those people already cast their votes, mailed in their ballots, before Joe Biden had this resounding, crushing victory over Sanders in South Carolina. Joe Biden collected 48-plus percent of the votes, Sanders just below 20%. A really outstanding victory for Joe Biden. But, again, a great many Californians already voted. They would not be swayed one iota by that. Furthermore, others were in the act of voting and would not have read about it, heard about it, seen about it, about that great result on Saturday likely would not have until Monday or something like that. One case in point. You could say, well, sure. I mean, they get a Sunday morning newspaper or something. Really? Or go online or whatever. One case in point. I keep up on things reasonably well, okay, with regard to news stories and so forth. I received a phone call from my father. And we speak, I don't know, every couple weeks or something. I received a phone call from him, I believe, on Sunday evening, Sunday night. And we were just talking about a few things, and he happened to mention about something with regard to the coronavirus. And we talked a little bit, and then it came up about the elections. And I said, how did it come out? What were the results? And he told me that Joe Biden had defeated, doesn't seem like the right term, but come out way ahead of Bernie Sanders in South Carolina. That was Sunday night, sometime Sunday night for me. Now, maybe I'm just behind the curve. Maybe everybody else was attuned to the Sunday morning news talk shows and that sort of thing, news interview shows like Face the Nation and Meet the Press and all of those from yesteryear, maybe, or whatever programs they watch now. I never watched those back then and certainly not now. But I didn't learn the results until Sunday night. So what about the people, all of those Democrat voters who knew here we are practically at Super Tuesday, people for whom Sunday is not the Lord's day, it's just another day, <laughs> just another day. So, hey, we watched the, this, that, and the other thing, do this, that, and the other thing. Maybe they got back from the beach there in Southern California or whatever. Maybe they, you know, maybe they got up after having a, had a 
a wildly exciting night the night before, whatever, and they decide, oh, that's right, I need to vote. You know, I don't want to go down to the polls, especially with this coronavirus thing going on, COVID-19. I don't want to go to the polls. I didn't want to before, and now I really don't want to, so I'm going to mail it in, and they vote. And then Monday comes along, and they find out, oh, well, Joe Biden, I thought he was dead politically, and here he had a really good result in South Carolina. Well, that's nice, but I already voted. So I'm just saying I don't think that that bodes well for Joe with most California voters voting by mail. Most of them are not going to wait until today. However, for those who choose to wait until today, Super Tuesday, they had until midnight. Right now it's about 11.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is only about 8.20 p.m., you know, California time, Pacific time. So... They still have practically four more hours before it needs to be mailed. But then there's the matter of what about the voters who are overseas, voters who are in other nations, whether they're in the military, whether they are business people, whether they're on vacation, whatever the case happens to be. What about people that are not home in California? Amazingly enough, California permits people to vote in these elections, people who haven't lived in California for years, but last time they were registered to vote in the states, they voted in California or were registered to do so. But votes, these mailed votes, are going to be being counted for the next few weeks. As far as before, we'll know the tallies. But these people that are voting from away, they've been sending in their ballots. They haven't waited to hear, how did Joe Biden do in South Carolina? No. So as far as this surge, this bump, this bounce that Joe Biden has been projected to receive as a result of the resounding, crushing victory in South Carolina, while that will undoubtedly hold true for the southern belt of states that are being contested today, it's very questionable whether it will have that kind of an effect in the biggest, most important, politically important state of them all, California. But we shall see. Meanwhile, let's just see if I (laughs) missed any states. I undoubtedly did. You know, Virginia, North Carolina, Alabama, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and, of course, Texas. Those are the ones that I was thinking of that are being contested today. Interesting, Bernie Sanders being referred to as a progressive independent. How many times have you seen that, that he's a progressive independent? (laughs) Bernie Sanders is like Saul Alinsky. Bernie Sanders is, yes, as far as party, he is independent, but he is Marxist socialist. He is not a progressive, but progressive is just one of those nebulous words that means nothing. It's like, it's like pro-choice, you know. So, but then there's Minnesota, and Joe Biden, he needs to stay close in these states. He needs to get close, stay close, finish close to Bernie in California. And if he doesn't win Texas, he needs to be very close. And Minnesota. As 
Also, Massachusetts, if he possibly can. Massachusetts, Bernie is counting on defeating Liz Warren in her home state and putting an end to her candidacy. Here, here. <laughs> but meanwhile, then there's the little state of Maine. Not physically little, but little in terms of delegate count. And Maine, you know, there was this saying once upon a time, a long time ago, as Maine goes, so goes the nation. Well, it hasn't been accurate for, goodness, a century. I'm not talking about the 21st century. I mean, going back to before the 20th century. But it has been, as California goes, so goes the nation. As New York goes, so goes the nation. But some would say as Texas goes, but really not so. Texas has been more of an outlier. But this this situation of the left, the slide to the left, that is seen across this nation, which has very often been first established in California. The most leftist, corruptive, corrosive agenda items have been legalized in California. And also in Oregon and on up into Washington and so forth. And then they get spread across the nation. Sometimes you will see them sprouting up here or there. It has been much, much easier to afford to promote extreme leftist ideas and agenda items in cheaper media markets like in the state of Maine. So Maine is still used. But Maine, once upon a time, back when it was as Maine goes, so goes the nation, Maine was considered conservative. Conservative religiously and politically. And it is neither. Now it is far, far from that. And it has a history of progressive governors who have, such as Democrat John Baldacci, from some years ago, who decided to crown Maine as a sanctuary state. I think it was the first sanctuary state for multitudes from Somalia and so forth. But Maine may end up going majority for Bernie Sanders in the Democrat primary. That may be the case. I know that's what is projected. I'm just not convinced it's going to happen. I think instead, it is highly likely that Joe Biden will pull out a slender victory in Maine. Liz Warren from Massachusetts, not far away, she will probably do well. Women have done very well in this state when it comes to U.S. senatorships and so forth. Very, very, very well for a long time, as they have in Washington State, but much longer history here. So I would not be surprised for Liz to win. I'm not convinced Bernie's going to get Little Maine. But Massachusetts, Vermont, yes. And Vermont, very you know, negligible comparatively. But Massachusetts, important in terms of number of delegates and so forth. And then Minnesota, Biden closing on Bernie. So as far as how this is going to shake out, throw Utah in there as a wild card, which Sanders is supposedly leading in, but again with Biden closing. How it's going to shake out, As far as the final tallies, we will not know. No matter what the experts say, we will not know for approximately two to three weeks before we actually factually know 
what the delegate count is coming out of California. But Joe Biden has to have outstanding performances throughout the South and get some favorable surprises such as in Minnesota and even Utah and be close in California. And if that should work out, and if Liz should fall below the 15% threshold, and if Mikey Bloomberg should be essentially out of it for all intents and purposes, with the exception of winning American Samoa, then likely we'll have a neck-and-neck race going forward with approximately two-thirds of the Democrat named delegates to be divvied up. Too exciting. But moving on. I was fascinated to see that Hillary Rodham Clinton was asked about uh, whether Bernie should be permitted to become the nominee strictly on the basis of a plurality of delegates. A plurality. That means if he has you know, one more delegate than Joe, whatever, even if he hasn't met the threshold that is stipulated, which is 1,991 delegates, that even if he hasn't hit that, that he should still just automatically be named the nominee. That, <laughs> that's changing the rules, the regulations. And it goes perfectly along with rebel Bernie Sanders. Social, political, activist, Marxist Bernie Sanders. That he would want that. That his supporters are pushing for that. It's just remarkable. But anyway, I thought it was so funny that Hillary Rodham Clinton said, let's follow the rules. Quote, let's follow the rules. We had rules last time. We have rules this time. Everybody knew when they got into it, end quote. She is such a great rule follower, isn't she? I mean, she is just a stickler for following the rule of law at all times. It's just, it is just precious, really. But, uh, <laughs> so, she is not in favor of that, shockingly enough. But, uh... I'm sure that was not music to Bernie's ears. So there is a possibility on the horizon of a contested convention, a contested, challenged, excitement-fraught convention for the Democrat presidential nominee which is to be held, of all places, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, if I'm not mistaken, where I mentioned in a previous program about this lovely young woman, daycare worker, 25 years of age, who died after not being seen, not being treated, at a hospital, not being having her vital signs checked at regular intervals and giving up after having been there for more than two hours in the emergency room, and she left to go get help somewhere else, and just over an hour later, she literally dropped dead in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But anyway, let's say we have a contested convention. Gone are the days of the superdelegates who were not bound to vote for a specific candidate.
the ones that they had been elected to vote for. Gone are those days. Those rules are passed. The superdelegates of Hillary Rodham Clinton, no, that's yesteryear. Now, there are privileged, I'm, I'm using that term, it's not a term they use, but privileged delegates that they are called PLEOs. And uh, it is pledged leaders and elected officials, as well as the at-large delegates. But if we have this fabulous, contested convention, what excitement remains. One reason that Hillary might possibly... Far be it from me to say with any certainty, but one possible reason that she may be less than inclined to concede the nominee to Bernie if he only has a plurality is that she has been mentioned, as I have mentioned, she has been whispered and mentioned and rumored as vice presidential selection by Joe Biden. The dream team. Such a dream. More of a nightmare. But uh, she would miss out on that if Bernie Sanders should be the nominee. So she might possibly have, you know, a little bit of a an interest that she takes in that beyond just totally objective opinion. But Again, in terms of the diverse, diverse coalition of Bernie Sanders. In Nevada, his strength was 51% Mexican-Americans or so forth, and 65% or more of the voters younger than 30 years of age. So in keeping with, I mentioned, this 17-year-old in Massachusetts, in Plymouth, Massachusetts, who defaced, who vandalized the Plymouth Rock in this 400th anniversary year of the landing of the pilgrims at Plymouth Rock and also 10 other historical landmarks there. Just a good boy, but so reminiscent of Adolf Hitler saying that you reach the young people and pretty soon you've got the world. That could have been Bernie Sanders saying that, but that was Adolf Hitler. Again, Adolf Hitler. Let me control the textbooks and I will control the state. Could have been Bernie, but it was Adolf. And then again, This new state will give its youth to no one, but will itself take youth and give to youth its own education and its own upbringing. Again, not Bernie, but Adolf. But similar sentiments, you know. And that is a core strength for Bernie, is the uninformed, the naive the immature, the unwise. Promise them goodies. Promise them things. will wipe out all of your higher education debt. Free education. Free higher education for everyone. Free universal health care for all of you. And on it goes. And they don't know... (laughs) why they should be opposed to that. What good reason is for is there for them not to embrace that? Perhaps you happen to see about Chris Matthews. Leftist Chris Matthews, 74 years young, has been a fixture on cable news for a quarter of a century now. Well, he retired. Yes, he retired 
It was either yesterday or today. And uh, fascinating retirement. I've never read of, heard of, seen of anything that was more of a bum's rush than what transpired. He appeared on his program, Hardball, for approximately two minutes at the very start of his 7 p.m. program. So this must not, this wouldn't have been today, but yesterday. He was only on for two minutes. And he said, quote, let me start with my headline tonight. I'm retiring. This is the last hardball on MSNBC, and obviously this isn't for lack of interest in politics. As you can tell, I've loved every minute of my 20 years as host of hardball, etc. And then it broke for commercials, a commercial break, and he was gone and he was replaced. If that's a resignation, I have a bridge that you might be interested in buying. He was fired, but they let him save face, fall on his own sword, say that he was retiring, resigning, retiring. He was kicked off by leftist activists, by Bernie Sanders activists. Kicked off of leftist MSNBC. And who is he? Chris Matthews, leftist, (laughs) agitator. I mean, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. It's like dear old Billie Jean King of tennis fame, who she and all of her sisters in arms, her lesbian sisters in arms and like-minded men, they have harassed and harangued Margaret Court outstanding tennis champion from Australia. And the Australian arena is named after Margaret Court. And they have attempted to force the arena to change the name. But this is the way these sodomite activists, the LGBTQ people, operate. That's the real people that they are. That's what they do when they have power. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you. Thank you.